Bless your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You can take your seats if you like. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, I'm in the right place at the right time. I belong here. Praise the Lord. Do you believe it tonight? Hallelujah. We do too. We have been looking forward to these meetings for several months now. And uh, we just know that God's got amazing things in store for each one of us. Praise the Lord. And uh, the meetings are going to layer upon each other. And in one sense, layer, in one sense, kind of weave together some things. And so um, if it's at all possible, be in every meeting that you can. Praise the Lord. If you're not paid to be somewhere else, be here. (laughs) You know, that's just a good way to put it. If you're not being paid to be somewhere else, just go ahead and be here. Praise the Lord. And then uh, if, you, if it's not possible for you to be in the meetings in person, uh, please, at some point, at some point, make it your business to watch them online, watch the recordings or listen to them, however you do that around here, because there's an impartation being made into the church as a whole, and you don't want to miss out on it. Amen. God's speaking to our hearts. God's speaking to our hearts. Praise the Lord. He's giving us revelation daily. Amen. And he's given us some things I know. He's dropping off some things in our hearts, even uh, because we've been meditating on, on some things for this meeting. So there are some fresh things coming out. Amen. I can't wait to hear what's about to come out. Praise the Lord. And what he's about to do. Praise the Lord. And so uh, be here if at all possible, because really he speaks to whoever's in the building first. Thank God for recordings. Amen. We've got a bunch of them. We've got a table out there with some great teachings and preachings and music. And then on our website, we've got a lot of videos absolutely free to watch anytime uh, that'll bless you and build you up that have been, you know, other services and other places that we've ministered. But this is for you. Amen. I said, this is for you. Praise the Lord. And I know you have those of you who have been coming here for some. How many of you? This is your home church. Praise God, most of you. Anybody here visiting tonight? Praise the Lord. God bless you. We're glad you're here. Praise God. But I know for the, for the majority of people who are here, this is your home church. You've been coming here at least consistently for some time. Amen. And the reason you're coming consistently is because you found something yes. that works. Amen. You found uh, the, the feeder. You found a pastor, praise God, and the ministry gifts that are here to uh, help equip you to be the body of Christ. Amen? And so as, as you've begun to get teaching and get revelation as you go, I, I remember the first time I found out that this was not just a history book. I, when I found out that this is relevant, when I found out that this is real, that there are things in here to use, (laughs) amen, that actually affected my life. It changed my life forever. I couldn't get enough of it, amen? And when I began to find that out, I I wanted to hear everything I could about it, amen? And then as you find out more in the Word, you find out uh, about your authority, as Pastor Justin was talking about, even our authority where our giving and receiving is concerned and where our money is concerned, he's given us authority on the earth. Amen? Uh, uh, he he uh, is amazing that, you know, the, the, the Bible says in Psalms, the angels said to the Lord, what is man that you are mindful of him? Yeah. 
There's a, what do you like about people so much, God, that you would leave them in charge? He left us in charge here, right? And the more that you find that out, and the more that you find out you have authority, you need to use authority, at the same time, you can start thinking that it's all on you. You can start to take too much responsibility. Amen? Because Jesus said the number one thing, have faith, but he didn't say just have faith. He said have faith in God. Have faith in God. Amen? He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Praise God. Everything we have, we have in him, not just because of him. Amen. When he put us in charge, he didn't say, remember he said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will send the Holy Spirit. And when he has come, he will abide in you, right? So we don't just do things with him. We do things because we're joined together. We are in him and he is in us. Praise the Lord. And so uh, sometimes we can get this idea that it's all on us now. The responsibility's all on us. And therefore, our healing is all on us. And our finances are all on us. We have a part to play. Amen? We get to play a part. Yay! Right? The freedom that we don't just have to take what comes, but we can actually use this. The words that he gave us, amen, and participate with him and his plan. Praise God. Amen. So we've got to get this balance here that he's got lots of ways to get things to us. Lots of ways to get things to us. It's not all on you. It's not all on you. Praise the Lord. So what I want to give you, first of all, is here's your first word for tonight. Are you ready? Are you ready? Can you handle it? Relax. (laughs) Relax. Don't take pressure where your healing is concerned. You're not the healer. I'm not the healer. Jesus is the healer. Glory to God. I said Jesus is the healer and he doesn't fail. Amen. So when we say that, then some people go, well, yeah, but maybe I didn't, come, I didn't quite cooperate with him enough. I didn't quite do this. And that, therefore, I didn't get what he said he couldn't not do. <laughs> He couldn't, he can't fail, so I did. Ah! There it is on me again. Relax. Relax. You may have connected or not connected with him at some point or another, but the first, one of the first things that was ministered today in this building was what Paul said, I forget those things that are behind. You may still have questions about them. Doesn't matter. We're going forward. 
We're going forward. Everything in God is forward. Amen? I said everything in God is forward. Hallelujah. Is there more to learn? Yes, absolutely. Always. But I want to ask you today to start fresh. Start fresh. Don't begin these series of meetings thinking, I'm just going to add something into where I'm going to try to fit it in with everything I already know and, and then apply that because they're going to bring something fresh and then I got to put that in my arsenal and I got to get that on my bookshelf and I got to get that in my... <sighs> what was the first word? Yeah. Let's look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Let's look to Jesus. He's the healer. Amen. So let's look at some scripture. Praise the Lord. Matthew's gospel, the fourth chapter. And it is our endeavor tonight, tomorrow night and Tuesday night uh, to really do as little teaching as possible and to just move with him. Amen. To just move with him. Praise the Lord. How many of you, uh, uh, well, let me preface it first by saying this. Because we'll be ministering um, in person somehow, in some way, whether manifestations of the Holy Ghost or by the laying on of hands or different ways that he ministers to people, um, because we'll be doing it tonight, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, I am not, I will say this first of all, I'm not opposed to laying hands on you more than one time. I'm not opposed to that. Some people don't, don't do it. I'm not opposed to it. But the only thing I say to preface that is, when you come, come expecting. Come to receive. Don't just come to see if something will happen. Amen. Don't come just thinking, well, I'll give it a try on Sunday, and then I'll give it another try on Monday, and I'll give it another try on Tuesday. If you must wait until you feel you are ready to receive. That's fine. Wait till Tuesday. Or wait till tomorrow. Well, you know, what I'm saying is, relax. <laughs> Amen. But when you come, come expecting. Praise the Lord. Amen. And so uh, we're fine if we lay hands on you a million times. Doesn't matter to me at all. As long as you're in faith each time. Because everybody's at a different place in their expectation. Expectation is different for different people. Nobody sets your expectation but you. I can't set your expectation. I can say what the word promises and what the word uh, gives us, but your expectation is, is what you expect. Amen? And so some people expect a little bit at a time. Good. Because faith gives substance to things hoped for. Good news. Whatever you expect is available. Amen? If you expect little, good news. You'll get it. Amen? Or if you expect big. But some people want to go, want to expect more than they can believe for. Just because it's available. But really their expectation's a little less. Are you listening? So let's follow Jesus. Amen. Go with me to Matthew's gospel, the fourth chapter, if you would. Matthew chapter 4. 
Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 4. Oftentimes when we talk about healing, I don't really want to talk about healing. I want to talk about connecting with God. I don't want to teach on healing. I want to teach on or minister about making a connection with Him. But many times in this area, we focus a lot of times in the Gospels on the 19 individual examples of Jesus ministering to individual people. There are 19 examples there in the Gospels. Some of them are repeated among the other Gospels, and, and uh, so there's a good harmony there. But uh, many times we focus our attention on how Jesus ministered to a certain individual, how he, how he taught, and because we can put ourselves in that place and see how he ministered, and so we can see how to receive. Amen? But tonight I want to look at the multitudes. Tonight I want to look at the multitudes. Because when you grow up in a church like this, where you find out about your responsibilities and your authorities, sometimes we forget that he's just so good Amen. to just blanket everybody. Because when you start to look at these examples here, in Matthew's, we're just going to look at Matthew's gospel for the most part, just in the times that Jesus ministered to multitudes. Because we've got those 19 examples, and, uh, you know, sometimes we look at those and we dissect them and everything. And, uh, but the Bible says that if all the things that Jesus did could have been written down, the books, the world couldn't contain the books. Because of all the times, multitudes were healed. And you realize that these multitudes of people had zero idea of authority. <laughs> they had zero teaching on confession. What they did do was believe that Jesus is a healer. What could happen? If we just believed that Jesus is the healer. <laughs> Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom excuse me, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought to him all sick people. They brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. All sick people <laughs> who were afflicted with various diseases. Well, what if mine isn't there? What if I don't qualify? What if mine's not there? What if it, all, all, all sick people. 
And what did he do? Well, let me see. Duck, duck, goose. No. He healed them. Everybody say, he healed them. Glory to God. He healed them. He healed them. He healed them. Go with me to Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12. Verse 15. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. He healed them all. Multitudes came to him and he healed them all. Praise God. Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. Verse 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion for them and healed their sick. When Jesus saw a great multitude, he was annoyed by their sickness and disease. How could these people let themselves go? No. He was moved with compassion on them and then healed their sick. Matthew chapter 15 In verse 30, then great multitudes came to him, having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. They just came expecting. They just came expecting. Because the multitudes came to him having with them the lame, blind, mute, maimed, and many others. And they laid them down at Jesus' feet and he healed them. So the multitudes marveled when they saw the mute speaking the maimed made whole, the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Matthew chapter 19, verse 2. And great multitudes followed him, and he healed them. Are you seeing a pattern with Jesus? Multitudes. Everybody say multitudes. We don't really even have a multitude here. Right? But multitudes. And he healed them. He healed them there. The 21st chapter. 
and the 14th verse. Then the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Praise God. Glory to God. Now let's skip over to Luke's gospel. Luke. In verse 17, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Luke chapter 6, thank you. Verse 17, and he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. They came to hear him and to be healed. This says something about the people here. They came on purpose. They came on purpose. Not just to hear him. Not just to see if something might happen. They came to be healed. That was their intention. They came to him so they would leave healed. Amen. Well, these are people who, who didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. Did not have Christ in them. Amen. But had such an expectation that what he had, they could have. Amen. They came, to, they came on purpose to be healed. I wonder how many of us in church really come with that intent. Oh, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, oh, oh I, I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly say I'm actually going to leave healed. I mean, I'd like to, I want to. I know I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus, but I don't know if I'll be healed tonight. I know he paid the price. I know he did it. But, but, to, but to go ahead and, and step over the, the edge. That's an edgy place. To say I'm going to be healed. Oh, wow. How, what, what's the basis for that? Hello. The bold, the audacity to say I'm going to be healed tonight. Who do you think you are? A believer? That's who I am. I'm a believer. Faith begins where the will of God is known. I said faith begins where the will of God is known. You can't have faith if you don't know what's going to happen. Well, I don't know. Then you're not in faith. Because you have to know what the will of God is before you're even in faith. And faith is that communication we have back and forth with God. It's our operating system. I've heard it, I've heard it called currency. And I used to even say it myself that faith is like the currency of heaven. But I've taken my hand off of that phrase, to be honest. Because I think as ministers, we've maybe misled some people by that statement. Not on purpose. But we've kind of misled people into thinking if it's a currency and my situation's pretty big and pretty deep, then I'm going to have to have a lot of currency. I'm going to have to build up a lot of money 
to pay for my healing. And that's not true. That's not what faith is. Faith is a communication. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Amen? It's not the evidence of things unknown. It's the evidence of things not seen. Not yet revealed to the senses, the Amplified says. So these people in Luke chapter 6, they came to hear him and to be healed. They expected to be healed. Amen? Let's go on reading. As well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him. Touch him. For power went out from him and healed them all. The whole multitude sought to touch him because power went out from him. They didn't seek to touch him and then go believe God for their miracle. They didn't seek to touch him and then go confess, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed. They sought to touch him because power was coming out of him. The reason, one of the reasons that uh, I would encourage you to start with a clean slate tonight is, once we find our responsibilities and our authorities in God and we start to take that now it's up to me attitude, we can apply that everywhere and forget that he's got ways of delivering his power to us almost independent <laughs> of anything else. Just expectation. Not a million scriptures. Amen. Just expecting him to be him. Because he would announce in places that he would go. It said it was his habit to find the place where it was written in Isaiah. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me. He said, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me. He told people that God was on him. Why do they want to touch him? Because God's on him. If God's on him and I touch him, I'll get God on me. Simple deduction. Amen. If God's on him and I touch him, Praise God. Pardon me. <coughs> mm. That's what the woman with the issue of blood did. If I can just touch his clothes. Why? God's on him. No sickness or disease here, just 
a little catch. <laughs> If God's on him and I touch him, it's a tangible exchange. Everybody say tangible. <clears throat> so tangible is perceptible to the touch. It says that power was going out of him. It must have been going out of him because everybody was talking about it. Why would multitudes see, seek to touch him? Because somebody said something came out of him. They said, really? Something came out of him? Yeah, go get it. I'm going to get that. If something's coming out of him and it healed you, I'm going to go get what's coming out of him and it's going to heal me. Well, I'm going to get, what, what happened? Something came out of him and it went into you? Listen, there is a tangibility. God wants to touch people. He had compassion on them and healed them all. Why? He loves you. He loves you. Glory to God. He's not testing you. He's not seeing how much pain you can take. Luke chapter 6, here out of the Passion. <clears throat> it says, They had all come to listen to the word so that they could be healed of their diseases and be set free from tormenting demonic powers. The entire crowd eagerly tried to come near Jesus to touch him to receive healing because a tangible, supernatural power emanated from him and healed all who came close to him. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Ha ha ha. Praise the Lord. Go with me to Mark chapter 5. When we were working with Brother Hagin's ministry, he so many times took his text from Mark 11 or Mark 5. My Bible always just automatically opened to those two openings. Those were the darkest pages in my Bible from having handled them so much. Because there's so much here. Amen. Uh, this woman with the issue of blood. <clears throat> Kevin uh, began to tell you a little bit of my testimony this morning uh, about the healing anointing. And we're going to minister to you with a healing anointing from Jesus. Amen. Uh, Peter uh, uh, testified... In Acts chapter 10, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Didn't say because he was God. He said because God was with him or God was on him. Amen. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Everything Jesus did on this earth, he did as a man with God on him, the anointing on him. Amen. Thank God he did because the anointing has never left. God still anoints. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so uh, this woman with the issue of blood, I'd heard it so many times. And uh, so we were, were ministering in, uh, with Brother Hagen in one of his crusades years ago and at, uh, at Crenshaw Christian Center at Dr. Fred 
Price's church. And in those days, in Brother Hagin's ministry, he uh, ministered healing just about every evening, every evening service. And so there were multitudes, literally, in those services that would come to have hands laid on them for healing. So what he did was he got cards with numbers on them, and uh, each number was about 50, 50 of the same number, 50 number ones, 50 number twos, 50 number threes, and so on. And so we would encourage people throughout the week to go get a card at the, at the, at the table, at our, our book table, get a card, fill it out. It had a place for your name and address, not just the number on it, so that the ministry then would send them a book back on how to keep their healing. Then it would just help them to, to continue to keep this, the, what we call the switch of faith turned on. And so it, part of my responsibility in those days was to explain about the healing line cards and things like that. And so I was up at the end of a morning service and I was talking about the cards to just give people information. And I said, just like the woman with the issue of blood. How many of you are familiar with this lady in Mark chapter 5? Yeah, most of you are. So I said, just like the woman with the issue of blood, when you get that card, you've got it with you all day long and just begin to, to, to say out loud, because she said, if I can touch his clothes, I'll be whole. So I said, so just like that woman, you take that card now today, and you keep that with you, and, you, and whenever you think about it, say, when hands are laid on me, I know I shall be healed. And that's what I said. So I'm, I'm talking to thousands of people. Well, <clears throat> I went to dismiss the service, and uh, after I did, Brother Hagen met me when I was putting my microphone away, and, and he just very quietly, not in front of everybody else, but just to me, said she didn't say that. And I said, I'm, I'm sorry, what? He said, the woman with the issue of blood, she didn't say, I know I shall be whole. She said, I shall be whole. When I touch him, I shall be whole. He said, always keep it present tense. I know I shall be whole puts it out there somewhere in the future. One word. Change and I so I thought to myself, I just told thousands of people, eventually you'll be well. And Brother Hagen said, Always keep it present tense. I thought, Yes, sir, got it. I'm thinking, What have I been doing? What have I been saying? What have I, where did I miss it? I've heard him preach on Mark 5 for 10 years. Well, how did I miss that? But we do. We hear one thing, perceive a thing, right? And just that bit of tense changes our expectation, doesn't it? Which is another reason I'm kind of taking my hands off of that, that phrase about faith being a currency. Because I think it has misled some people, not on purpose, but it's been heard differently than we meant it. So we've got to say it properly so we don't get a skewed interpretation of how God means to interact with us. And so Brother Hagen uh, came into my office <clears throat> when we got home from the trip, and uh, he just sat down and, and, uh, and he said to you know, he didn't say anything. I'm like, oh, okay, somebody's got to start this conversation. He was actually very shy. And uh, so I said, uh, we called him Dad. I said, Dad, I said, uh, thank you for correcting me. 
California. I appreciate it. I said, uh, is there anything else stupid I've been doing? <laughs> he just kind of looked at me and went, no, no, that was it. <laughs> so kind. So kind. Praise the Lord. But let's look at this a little bit here in Mark chapter 5 <clears throat> because of that. This woman came to Jesus. She'd been suffering greatly, right? Twelve years. Mark chapter 5. Verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years and had suffered many things from many physicians. Maybe you're one of those. Suffered many things from many physicians. Maybe you've been tested and prodded and, and, and tested again and tested again and tested again and diagnosed and misdiagnosed and come on. Amen. I, I was several years ago going through some symptoms and so I thought, well, I'll go, I'll go to the doctor and see what they say. And um, so I was getting these tests done <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I've got the gown on and they're sitting on the butcher paper. Butcher paper. That's what I call it. The butcher paper. And I'm sitting there getting ready for another test, and, and uh, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me spoke up, and he said, what are you doing here? How many of you know when God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer? <laughs> right? He did that to Elijah. What are you doing here, Elijah? I've been very zealous for you, Lord. I'm the only one left. All the prophets are dead. I'm the only one. Like, like, like God doesn't know. And uh, so I said to him, I said, I'm doing miracle research. I'm doing miracle research. And what I discovered in my miracle research was that people are handled. Handled. And many times, you know, that we saw here that Jesus was moved with compassion. And healed them. Jesus was moved with compassion and healed them. He didn't handle them. You, next. You, next. You, next. What is it? Did you not hear what the last person had? No, he was moved with compassion and healed them. And when I was getting these tests done, it was like, next, you, do this, move that way, do this, do that, do that. At one point, uh, we're getting real here tonight, is that right? At one point, they were uh, doing this thing where they stuck a tube down my nose and were looking down my esophagus. And the nurse practitioner was having a hard time getting it in there. And at the moment, I didn't feel compassion <laughs> from her or for her. And I was being handled. You ever gotten blood drawn or something? You know, some of them are real good. Some of them are... <clears throat> I appreciate the people who care. Right? Yay for you. So she was going, and I, I'm, I'm, I got my eyes closed. It hurts. And finally, I thought, I've got to be me here. 
And I said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I said it out loud. And all of a sudden she stopped and she goes, yes, you can. She said, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I was like, a bull, hello. <laughs> she said, you are fearfully and wonderfully. Suddenly her whole tune changed. And she said, say this. I know what's happening and I'm okay. I went, I wish you would have told me that 10 minutes ago. <laughs> So I said, I know what's happening, and I'm okay. She said, say it again. I said, I know what's happening, and I'm okay with it. She, it went in. So Lord said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm doing miracle research. I'm seeing people are being handled. God doesn't do that. He loves every one of us. The same. The same. One woman came one time, and, and we were ministering healing, and, and she said, uh, uh, well, I was going to come up for what you called, you know, I had a word of knowledge for something. And she said, I was going to come up, but then I saw this other lady come up, and she thought, she needs it more than I do. And I'm trying to figure out what that means. <laughs> Honestly, I said, I'm sorry, I don't understand. She said, well, she needed it more than I did. I said, do you not really need it then? Yeah. Well, no, I do, but she, she, her need was greater than mine. I said, to who? Right. Right. Who decides that? I said, are you telling me that if you don't get healed, there's more for her? Are you saying... If I give God what I had needed, then he's got more to work with for her. If I hold back, then he's got more. I, I said, is that what you're saying? Are you saying that if you hold back, God can do something more for this woman? So you're, you've got the hands on who gets what? I said, are you born again? She said, yes. I said, why are you born again? You seem like a pretty good person. I said, aren't there far worse off people than you? Hello. Oh, wow. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. Seems to me there's a lot more people who need Jesus more than you do. Yeah. Maybe if you hold back, more people would get saved. Yeah. She said, well, what, when you put it that way. Yeah. I said, that's exactly the way we want to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So this woman here in Mark chapter 5, I didn't want to teach. This woman in Mark chapter 5. She came because she had a need. In all likelihood, she wasn't supposed to be anywhere near this group of people. She could have said, you know, I, no, I, I can't go. I'm not supposed to be there. I, 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 you know. Least of all, I mean, Jesus is with the ruler of the synagogue. The one who could have had her stoned. And yet, she heard about Jesus. She didn't hear any rules about faith. She just had it. Because she heard that he was the healer, and if he's the healer, I'm going to get it. I'm going to go get it. And so she came in that press behind, and she touched his garment because she said, if I touch it, 
I'll be whole. If I can just touch it, that's when I'll be whole. When I touch it, I'll be whole. And of course, you know the Bible says that Jesus immediately knew that power went out of him and said, who touched my clothes? I love the fact that he said, who touched my clothes? Because the disciples, like everybody else, are going, what do you mean? Everybody's touching me. But something happened. Power went out of him. We saw the multitude sought to touch him because power was going out of him. It didn't leak out of him. But it went out of him when people came to get it. When people came to get the power, it went out of him. The fact that he said, who touched my clothes, also tells me this. He didn't know who got it. So if he didn't know who got it, then it wasn't his decision who got it. I said it wasn't his decision who got it. Now that's going to go against a lot of religious thinking. God knows everything. He said, I, who, who, who just got healed? So if it wasn't his decision, whose decision was it? It was hers. She decided to be healed. Like those people in Luke chapter 6, they came to hear and to be healed. If he's got it, I can have it. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll read you the passion out of this one as well. Praise the Lord. Verse 30. I'll go to verse 28. For she kept saying to herself, If I could touch even his clothes, I know I will be healed. As soon as her hand touched him, her bleeding immediately stopped. She knew it, for she could feel her body instantly being healed of her disease. Jesus knew at once that someone had touched him, for he felt the power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. I like that. The power that always surged around him had passed through him for someone to be healed. Now, I don't know if you look at these things, uh, if you occasionally look at the Passion Translation, but in, in, uh, if you look at it on a device, there are like little, looks like little caption, little bubbles. Sometimes when you hit that and it can expand the thought. And so if you expand that there in verse 30 about that power that went out of him, it says this. This is a literal reading of a unique phrase in Greek construction. It could be translated, the power that keeps going out of him went out from him. The Aramaic uses a word that can be translated dancing, twirling, movement, or vibrations. There was a glorious power that kept going out around Jesus, drawing others to him and healing those he touched. And in this case, healing a woman who touched him in faith. So that tangibility... The vibrations around him, if you will. 
passed through him and into someone else. There is a tangibility. There is a tangibility. Praise God. There is a power. He still anoints today. Amen. And when I said about Brother Hagin's ministry and he, how he ministered to the sick by the laying on of hands, uh, there are many ways. I mean, the Bible authorizes all of us. Any believer is authorized to lay hands on the sick. Amen. You don't have to have a special calling to lay hands on the sick. You just have to believe. It still requires believing. Amen. But he said, these signs will follow them that believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. That's what he said. Glory to God. Amen. And his words contain the power to accomplish it. Glory to God. So you can minister to the sick yourself, laying hands on them in the name of Jesus. In Mark chapter 16 that I was just quoting, it doesn't say anything about praying. That verse doesn't say pray for the sick. It just says lay hands on them in the name of Jesus. You don't always have to pray. Praying is another delivery method. But just laying hands on them in the name of Jesus. Very often, Brother Hagin would just lay hands on people in the name of Jesus. You can get the same results using the name of Jesus than you can with any tangible anointing. Yeah, good to know. That has to be true. That has to be true. Because there has to be a way for you to receive without anybody else around. The name of Jesus. You can't, you can't only be healed because there's an, somebody anointed to, to minister to you. That can't be the only way. But it's one way. It is a way. Amen. So every, every believer is authorized. Not every believer will do it. Amen. But if you start, you'll be addicted. Because it's amazing. Hallelujah. To let God flow through you yes. to another person. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You, the most humbling and the most thrilling experience you'll ever have in your life. Thank you, Go for it. Yes. Amen. So many times, Brother Hayden would just lay hands on people just in the name of Jesus because he believed it and did it and got results. But also, he had an experience, and I'll just go into a little bit of detail with you. Because this is kind of the precedent for these next three nights. Uh, he also had an experience, a profound experience, where he had a vision, an open vision in 1950. It's in several of his books, his testimony. But he was in a, in a tent meeting in Rockwall, Texas in 1950, and he heard a voice saying, come up hither, come up to the throne of God. It was so real to him, he thought somebody was outside the tent messing with the meeting. Yeah. Somebody just trying to annoy a, come up hither. <laughs> but it was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so real I love that uh, and so Jesus had come up hither come up to the throne of God and, and when he said when I opened my eyes where the top of the tent should be I saw Jesus come on. and he said all of a sudden it's like I leapt out of my body and went up to meet him at the top of the tent and then we kept going and they went all the way up to the throne of God he said I'd never flown in an airplane before but since then it was kind of like that <laughs> kind of like flying through the air 
And so he was up at the throne of God, and they were there at the throne of God, and Jesus said, I have called you, and I've given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. And so he said, hold out your hands, and, went, and Brother Hagin held out his hands, and Jesus, I'm not telling the whole, the whole thing, of course, but a portion of his testimony, Jesus took the finger of his right hand and put it in the palm of each one of Brother Hagin's hands. He said, I've given you a special anointing to minister. Now the anointing is God on. God on. Smeared on, rubbed on, painted on. So he put the finger of his right hand there. And Brother Hagin said, when he did, my hands began to burn like I was holding coals of fire. And Jesus went on to say, just to sum up, he said, but uh, this anointing will not work unless you tell the people that I appeared to you, that I put the finger of my right hand in the palm of each one of your hands. And if they'll believe that and receive that anointing, that power will go into them. See this transmission. That power then will go into them and it will heal. Praise the Lord. Amen. So very often, most often, he would tell that testimony before he ever laid hands on the sick. Jesus appeared to me. He was required. He said, Jesus said, this anointing will not work unless you tell it. So he would tell it. And he would minister to the sick. And I, as a young uh, Bible school student at the time, first listening to this, I was in my 20s. I'm over 60 now, so it's been a while. So in my 20s, I'm watching Brother Hagin minister and people getting healed. I'm watching over and over and over again. And he would lay his hands on people. And when he did, he'd say, often say, he'd say, that's it. There it is. Because he could feel something go out of his hands and into that person. The tangibility. He could feel it. Even if they didn't, he did. He could feel it go out of him and into them. Because it was the anointing of Jesus on him. The same tangibility. Are you following and so I would watch that, and he'd go, that's it, there it is, that's it, there it is. And I would think to myself, I wonder how he knows. <laughs> I wonder how he knows, because I wasn't familiar with that tangible anointing. And he'd say that, he'd say that. So every now and then, uh, because there would be multitudes, uh, oftentimes he'd get tired after a few hundred people, that power surging through you. And so he would call one of the team members, one of us that were on his team, and he'd say, come down here, and he'd say, put your hands out, and he'd lay hands on our hands. And so I'd watched him do this with a few of my friends, and, and uh, they'd start ministering to people, and I'm, I'm like, how do they know? How do they know how this, how do they know what to do? I'm seeing some of my friends go, that's it, there it is. I'm like, are they just imitating him? Yeah. You know, I'm like, what's it feel like? What's it like? And, uh, then one day, Brother Hagin goes, Annie, come down here. I'm like, well, here we go. <laughs> oh, I was ready. Here we go. And he said, put your hands out like that. I did. And he put his hands on my hands. And he goes, do you feel that? And I went, uh-huh. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to expect, but my hands were on fire. That's not me. That's God on me. That's God on me. I'm going to go put that on people. 
they didn't know it was my first time. I'm like, here we go. That's it. There it is. That's it. There it is. I'm not just imitating. I'm going, there's something going out of me into those people. That's it. There it is. That's, I'm, I really want to go, that's, that's really it. That's really, this, it's still happening. I just, I really wanted to go like, really, you know, tell her, uh, it's really happened. No, really, it's seriously, it's happening. But I'm being cool. That's it. There it is. Inside of me. Come on, yeah. The most humbling, the most thrilling. God, use me. Yeah. Because it's all him. Well, that happened, I can't tell you how many times. How many times? Because we were there 10 years. I I can't tell you how many times he laid his hands on me. After a while, he'd start telling his testimony before he started to minister to people. And every time he told his testimony, my hands would burn. (laughs) I didn't know that was going to happen. And he'd, see, he'd begin to get tired, and he'd look up at me, and he'd go, Annie, is that anointing on you? I said, yes, sir. He said, come down here and finish this line. And he would tell people, the same anointing that's on me is on her. Why? Because it's Jesus. It's not Brother Hagin's anointing. It's Jesus. Jesus put it, the finger of his right hand in his hands. Then those hands went on my hands. So it's Jesus' anointing. But by association, you see, by serving became accustomed to it and became used to it and working with it and confident in it. <clears throat> then when we were out in our own ministry after a couple of years, I know I'm taking up some time tonight, after a couple of years in our own ministry, we were praying in a room with, with uh, three other ministers, Kevin and I and three other ministers, and we had all gathered together to go to one of Brother Hagin's meetings. He was still around at that time. And And uh, we were just attending a meeting, and we thought, well, we're all in the same city. Let's get together and pray tonight before the service. And so we just got together, and we're praying. And we prayed like they did in Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 4. Lord, behold their threatenings. Grant unto your servants with all boldness. They'll preach your word by stretching forth your hand to heal. We're just praying for the body of Christ, not praying for us in particular, not asking God for anything for us, just praying that God's healing power would be manifest in the body. And while we were praying, all of a sudden, something happened to me where I felt I was starting to go up, 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 up. I'm watching us pray. And I don't know what you would do. Don't throw anything at me. But I was like, I don't know if I'm dying. Because to be (laughs) absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That usually means dead. (laughs) <laughs> it was my first, my first experience, brother. I don't know what your first experiences with God were like, but mine, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Brother Justin said to me, you can say anything in this church. <laughs> they hear stuff from me all the time. So I'm in good company. I'm okay. I'm not, I'm not concerned. But this is, this is the way, honestly, the way I felt. Sometimes you got to know. That, that those of us in ministry, we don't automatically go, yay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course that's the way it is. 
There's a first time for everything. So I was going up. And um, I admit, I'm a bit of a control freak. <laughs> I want to be in control of my faculties. I, 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 oh, I don't know what's happening here. I'm going back. <laughs> now, I didn't think of it that logically, but that's what happened. And uh, I kind of came back to myself in the room where we were. And the power of God was all over me. I couldn't stand up. And so I, I just discreetly went and leaned against the wall so I wouldn't fall down. And then I just slid down on the floor. <laughs> and I'm on the floor. And the power that I had been accustomed to in my hands, like fire, this time was different. And from the tips of my fingers all the way up to my shoulders, it felt like I was holding a live wire. And if any of you have ever been in contact with a live wire, oh, yeah. you know it's more like it's got you right. than you've got it. <laughs> you can't let go. Yeah. It has you. And it was so intense. I felt like I could have waved my arm like the Star Wars saber in the room and it would just go <laughs> And it was just like, if I'd done that, it was like waves, and, and it was so intense, I, I wanted to get rid of some of it. And I grabbed Kevin's hand, and I said, tell me you feel this. And he didn't. It's all in me. And he couldn't feel it. I grabbed out to one of the other ministers, I said, tell me you can feel this. And he says, I don't feel what you're feeling, but we'll help you, whatever this is. And one of the other ministers said, should we go get Brother Hagen? <laughs> Literally, they were like, something's happening here that's beyond what we've experienced. Should we go get Brother Hagen? And the other minister said, no, let's just, let's just help her pray this out. Pray through it. Whatever it is, whatever. God's doing something. And so what he said to me was, up until this time, you have ministered with a, an anointing you received by association. But he said, this one's yours. Praise God. Praise God. And he said, I endeavored to have you come up to get it like Brother Hagin did his. <laughs> but you wouldn't come. <laughs> He's just so kind. He's so kind to us. He said, you wouldn't come, so you, re re you received it in your flesh. And that's why it felt the intensity that it felt. He said, it would have been easier for you if you had come. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> I'm still open to that invitation. <laughs> Hallelujah. If I went once, I can go again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But that anointing is what we're talking about tonight. It's our responsibility to minister the power to you. Your responsibility is simply to receive it. Simply to receive it. Don't think of a million scriptures you've got to stand on. Just take what's offered. Hallelujah. Just receive like those people did. They came expecting to be healed. Hallelujah. And when the power goes into you, it will affect a healing and a cure in you 
It will begin at that moment. Hallelujah. Then according to expectation, sometimes it can be instant. It can be over a day. It could be 10 minutes. doesn't matter the time. The power is going into you to affect the healing and the cure. Amen. We may ask you to do something after the, the power has gone into you. We may say, you know, if it was a mobility issue or something like that, we might say, now, now move that thing or do something you couldn't do before. Not to see if something has happened. We already know something's happened. Because that's what he said. We're going off of what he said. Not just what we want, but what he said. Amen. So we might say, well, then do something about it. Not to see if it's happened, but because it has happened, we respond. That's a way you can, what we say, release your faith in the doing, in the action. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Kevin told the testimony this morning of the young woman who came who said, I want a new stomach. Well, when she told me she needed a new stomach, I didn't know she didn't presently have one. (laughs) I just thought she wanted to replace the one she had. I didn't know she didn't even have one. Probably a good thing I didn't know. But even now, I don't care. Because I know him. I know him. And people are getting new organs all the time. All the time, because he's not run out. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So you might think, well, I, I, I don't just need a healing. I mean, I need a whole new something. Good news. Good news. Didn't we read the lame, the maimed, the blind, the mute, and all sickness, all manner of diseases, various, all kinds of things? Hallelujah. Nothing left out. Nothing left out. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. So each of these nights, tonight, tomorrow night, and Tuesday night, we'll be ministering with that anointing. Hallelujah. In addition to whatever else he has for us. Praise God. But we will guarantee that we're going to minister by the laying on of hands, at least to some in each service. Praise the Lord. In the mornings, uh, we're going to teach some things that the Lord's been putting on our hearts, some impartation. Praise God. You don't want to miss that. Amen. And I intended to do way less talking tonight. Kevin said, what are you going to do, about 20 minutes? I said, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, praise God. But we're setting, some, on, yeah. we're setting some things in motion. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Now, with that said, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and thank Jesus for his anointing. Yeah. Let's thank Jesus that he is Jesus. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. And so faithful you are. So faithful and so true. And unwavering you are and still so full of compassion. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Jesus, you're the healer tonight. (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. 
and it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing it helps keep all these messages free you can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button or you can text 407-955-5345 and remember our pastor's vision is this we grow christians so we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time